this morning. Welcome. Glad you guys are here. Hey, this morning we are continuing on our series called Judgment Call, and this morning in particular, we, I want to talk about uh, how we deal with relationships, uh, people in our lives who have um, sinned against us, uh, people in our lives there where we see um, people's lives are spiraling out of control, and what do we do, and how we respond to situations like that, um, and, what, and how we respond when someone comes to us and confronts us with the situation in, my, in, in your own life. What are you supposed to do with that? Um, I don't know about you, but uh, I can think of multiple examples um, of situations over the last couple of years where um, this applies to my own life. Um, I can think of uh, probably about a year and a half ago where I was uh, in conversation with a couple who goes to our church. They're probably watching online. Hi, guys. Um, and um, I made a joke uh, that was it, was, it was an inappropriate joke. Shocker, right? I mean, you know, I'm a pastor, so, you know. But I did. I made a joke that wasn't appropriate. And, um, you know, the Bible, ta- Paul says, you know, stay away from coarse joking. And it was a coarse joke. And um, this person um, who goes to our church came to me several weeks later and said, hey, Pastor Brad, I just want to let you know, you know, you told that joke a couple weeks ago. Um, and it was just, it was a one-on-one conversation. He said, but, you know, I thought it was inappropriate. And um, I thought you crossed a line there. And, um, and I was just like, oh, I just felt so, so horrible and really felt convicted about telling an inappropriate joke. And um, I had a choice. How am I going to respond? I mean, I'm not going to ask how many of you have ever been confronted with sin in your life, but I had a choice. How am I going to respond to this sin in my life of, course, joking? And I recognized it was inappropriate. And he called me on the carpet for it, and I confessed it and repented and asked for forgiveness. Um, so that's something that happened to me the last couple of years. Um, I remember this past fall, I had another relationship, a person I've been friends with for, I don't know, over 15 years. And um, uh, this person knew, you know, um, my stand on this past election and what I was choosing or not choosing to do. This person called me on the phone and said, hey, I heard this and this and this. And is this true? And I said, yeah, that's true. And they said, well, I want to let you know how disappointed I am in you. And I've lost respect. And you ought to be ashamed of yourself. And this is a person I've been friends with for 15 years. And they had a personal preference that they were trying to call me out on for what, you know, was their personal preference is trying to say I was sinning when I was just choosing to take a particular stance that had nothing to do with Sin, right or wrong, was just how I felt about a situation with voting this past fall. And that was, you know, I'd been friends with this person for 15 years. And all of a sudden, they decided that they were going to, you know, confront me because they were ashamed of what I was doing, embarrassed by what I was doing, lost respect for me. And so they decided to throw the relationship away. Um, And I don't know, there are times things like that happen. Maybe that's ever happened to you. Or maybe you've done that to somebody else. Um, This past week, um, I had another person in my life. Um, Sometimes you see people's lives spiraling out of control. And, you know, Scripture says we have a responsibility um, to step in and to intervene at times. And um, we have to use wisdom and discernment. One of my favorite passages of Scripture, I don't know if 
and Chris may have mentioned this a couple weeks ago, Matthew chapter 7, verse 6, Jesus is talking. He says, don't, don't cast your pearls before swine. He says, because be careful, because what will happen is they'll turn and they'll attack you uh, when you do that. In other words, what Jesus is saying is, don't offer something valuable to somebody who's not in a position and they're not ready to receive it. Because when you give somebody something valuable that they're not ready to receive, then they're going to turn and attack you. And sure enough, this past week, uh, there was a person in my life, and, and I saw their life spiraling out of control. And so I reached out to this person and said, hey, let's get lunch together. And fortunately, we were in a place that there was nobody else. There was, you know, we we're the only uh, people in this restaurant. And I started having a conversation, and this person just, I literally was questioning, am I going to be beat up? And it was a woman. No, I'm just kidding. So <laughs> it was a guy. You guys know that, right? Um, that was a joke. Hopefully it wasn't over the line. So it was a guy, and, you know, and, and I literally was concerned for my life. Like, is this person going to try and beat me up? You know, and I was trying to offer this something to somebody that I saw their life spiraling out of control. And they turned on me. And maybe I wasn't showing enough wisdom in that situation. And the Bible talks about all these different situations that we're going to talk about this morning. But what do we do when we find ourselves in situations with people whose lives are spiraling out of control? Or what do we do in situations where we see where we've been sinned against? How do we respond to that? And I titled the message, um, if you want to go back one, Saints Who Sin. Saints Who Sin. Because specifically, I want to be really clear, this morning I'm going to talk about relationships between Christ followers. If you are a Christ follower, this is, we're talking about this morning, Jesus is addressing people who both people claim to be following Jesus Christ, okay? So this is what Jesus writes about, what he says. Um, actually, the, kind of the first slide says, what does God say about people in my life, my circle of relationships, people who sin against me, and people whose lives are spiraling out of control? Kind of the two, I think there's fill-ins this morning, those are the, kind of the two situations, scenarios I want to address specifically this morning. So Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 Again, let me pause for a moment. Chris has already prayed, but let me ask the Lord again to speak to us. Father, would you see, be so gracious to speak to our hearts and our lives, those who are here present in the room and those who are watching online, uh, who call North Point their home and who we have the ability to influence and speak into their lives, wherever they may be. Lord, help us to hear exactly what you want us to hear. Uh, we know that you are not bound by space or location or time. Um, you are able to reach into the hearts and lives of um, everyone who will hear these words. So may they be your words, Jesus, not my own. In Jesus, in your name we pray, amen. So Matthew chapter 18, verse 15, Jesus is speaking and, and he's talking and he's talking to his followers. He said, if another person sins against you, go privately and point out that offense. Now, this is a great, Jesus is going to lay out some principles, some here, some guidelines for how we respond to people who sin against us. And I want you to notice a couple of things here. It says, if another believer sins against you. Um, so he's not talking about a relationship that you have with a non-believer, but specifically, these are guidelines for relationships with other Christ followers. If another believer sins against you, you're to go privately and you're to point out the offense of that person. There's different guidelines for people, you know, who are not Christ followers. In fact, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 12 and 13, 
The Apostle Paul writes, he says, the way we handle relationships with people who are in your life who are Christ followers and the way you handle relationships with people who are in your life who are not Christ followers is different. Listen to what Paul says. He says, it's not my responsibility, it's not our responsibility to judge outsiders. But it is certainly our responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. God will judge those on the outside, but as scriptures say, you must remove the evil person from, from amongst you. Uh, Eugene Peterson wrote, uh, it's uh, called The Message. It's a paraphrase of the Bible. And this is how Eugene Peterson paraphrases this passage. He says, I'm saying that you shouldn't act as if everything is just fine when a friend who claims to be a Christian is promiscuous or crooked, is flipped with God or rude to friends, gets drunk or becomes greedy or predatory. You can't just go along with this kind, with this, treating it as acceptable behavior. Remember, he's not talking about non-Christians. We don't have the same expectation, the same kind of relationship with those who aren't following Christ. Those things are expected of people who aren't following Christ. That's part of their value system. That's the way the world operates and acts. So why would I go to someone who's not a Christ follower saying, hey, let me, I have a conversation confront you about these things. They don't claim to follow Jesus Christ. Their values are totally different. Paul says, I'm not responsible for what the outsiders do, but, we don't, but don't we have some responsibility for those within our community of believers? God decides on the outsiders, but we need to decide when our brothers and sisters are out of line and, if necessary, clean house. Paul writes again, Scripture speaks to our relationships with Christians. These are guidelines for our relationship with another Christ follower. We're called to go when we're sinned against in particular to point that out, um, to speak into their lives about that. Now, do I do that every time? You know, every time someone sins against me, am I supposed to go and let them know that, hey, you know, you've sinned against me? Where's the discernment? Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. The writer of Proverbs says this, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. We've got to know that, you know, hey, there are times that, you know, it's not necessarily appropriate to always go and every time someone sins against you. Um, but there are times that we need to overlook things in another person's life. I think when Jesus says, when you've been sinned against, go to that person, I think he's talking about this. He's talking about someone in your life who has flagrant and habitual and persistent an unrepentant sin. That's when you go speak to somebody else in your life. But it's this continual practice and they're not repentant about it. That's when you go and you speak to somebody else. Again, Jesus is not talking about personal preferences. I think it was really inappropriate for the person to come to me back in November and to call me on the carpet for an area of my life that had nothing to do with sin. It was their personal preference on how they voted and who they voted. It had nothing to do with sin. And quite frankly, quite honestly, it's, you know, I'm having a, I'm, I'm, you know, this has been like four months. This is a friend for, I don't know, 15 to 20 years. And I'm still working through it myself. Uh, because I think what often happens when we get sinned against 
We don't go to another person, but we actually treat the other person in the opposite way. We can become very bitter about it. Um, so when another person sins against you, you have two choices. You either go to that person or you choose to drop it. You just, I just don't feel like this is the wise time or the right time for me to go to this person and to have a conversation um, about being sinned against. I wrote that oftentimes I find that people, instead of going to another person, we do the opposite. We do what the world does. We become resentful. Uh, we become bitter, right? We gossip. Oftentimes we seek revenge, and we keep a record of their wrongs. You identify with that? You know, we think, oh, well, you know, someone else has sinned against me. I'm not going to go to that person. And in, 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 in reality... We don't do the biblical thing. We do the unbiblical thing. Becoming resentful and bitter and seeking revenge and keeping track of, of those wrongs. When another person sins against us, we're called to go to that person. First we go in private. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15. The Apostle Paul says that when we speak to other people, we're supposed to speak the truth. Right? But we speak the truth how? In love. Right? I don't know about you, but how many of you struggle? How many of you struggle with speaking the truth in love, right? Okay, you don't have to raise your hands, but okay, go ahead. Raise your hands real high. Now we can really know, right? Right? It's a challenge. Am I speaking the truth in love? Paul said, excuse me, Jesus says, go to that person. Go one-on-one with that person first. If the other, verse 15 says, if the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. When I go, when someone sins against me, the goal is always reconciliation, whether it's reconciling our relationship or that person's relationship with the Lord. Right? Um, you have to care enough to confront. You have to care enough about the other person to correct them with patience and love. You have to care enough to go in humility. Sometimes someone sins against us and we're just like, you know what, I really just don't even care about you. I don't care enough about this relationship. And so we, we, we don't go. Matthew chapter 18, verse 16, Jesus goes on. He says, if you're unsuccessful when you go to that person one-on-one, they don't receive it. He says, take two, one or two others with you and go back again. So that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. I think the idea is that you take two or three other people who are familiar and who are aware of the situation, who know you and who know about that situation. You take two or three other people that can help provide wisdom and discernment and judgment about what's really going on. Because it is quite possible when you feel like you've been sinned against, someone comes to you that, you know, actually, you know, if, if I feel like someone sinned against me, maybe, maybe I haven't really been sinned against. Maybe it's my problem. Maybe I'm perceiving things wrongly or discerning things wrongly. I think of Proverbs chapter 18, verse 17. The writer of Proverbs says this. He says, the first to speak in court sounds right until the cross-examination begins. Has that ever happened? You know, you thought about it and you had a situation and, you know, you go to someone and they don't receive it. And then all of a sudden you get a couple other people involved who know you, who know the other person. And you're like, oh, 
maybe I was not perceiving things very accurately here. Maybe I didn't really understand what was going on. Maybe I really do have a problem. Maybe the problem is me. So sometimes when you go and you have these confrontations, you have these conversations, it doesn't go well. You get a couple other people involved and you step back and say, hey, I need you to help me discern really what's taking place here. And having a conversation with with this other person. Jesus goes on, he says, verse 17, if the other person still refuses to listen, they've sinned against you, they're unrepentant, unconfessed, they continue to do it, then take your case to the church. It's funny because when Jesus is saying this, the church, like as we know it, wasn't even, wasn't even happening yet. Um, it hadn't even been born yet. But that word church means the assembly or the gathering. And so most scholars would say when Paul says, or when Jesus says, take your case to the church, it's probably this intimate group, this smaller group of people um, that you guys are in a relationship with. I know some churches where they actually do march people up in front and, you know, they excommunicate them. And, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say that that's totally inappropriate, but I don't know that that's the heart necessarily of what Jesus is saying here. But it might be, you know, you're in a, a life group with a, with a group of people and you have someone in your life group and they're living in sin, they've sinned against you and they're unwilling to... Um, to repent and to change, it might be appropriate to distance yourself from that person. It says if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or corrupt tax collector. Now, that doesn't mean you're unkind or unloving. Okay, they might perceive it as that, but how would a first century uh, Jew treat a Gentile or tax collector? Well, they would distance themselves from that person. They would probably choose not to eat with them, be in close, intimate relationship. They probably wouldn't associate with that person. I think that's in the next slide, Jesse. And that's what we need to be cautious of and think about. Like, hey, if I have someone in my life and they're not receiving correction from me and they're from our group of friends and a group of people that we're in relationship with, then I probably need to distance myself from that person. Put up some boundaries. Doesn't mean I'm not kind and not loving. They might perceive it as that. But I'm doing what's best for that person, really, and what's best for myself. How would a first century Jew, again, treat a a tax collector by doing those things, what Jesus talks about, what Paul says, we would, um, we would, you know, you're helping that person to recognize, hopefully, the sin that's going on in their lives. First Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11, Paul writes, he says, I'm writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, but is sexually immoral or greedy or an idolater or slandered or a drunkard or a swindler. Do not even eat with such people. Paul writes in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 14. He says, take note of those who refuse to obey what we say in this letter. Stay away from them so that they will be ashamed. Don't think of them as enemies, but warn them as you would a brother or sister. That's hard. That's really, really hard to have people in your life that you say, you know what? I feel like for the season, for now at least, it's best that we not be in close relationship." Because there's unrepentant sin, and you've sinned against me in particular. So I need to create some distance in my relationship with you. Jesus goes on, and then Matthew chapter 18 kind of finishes this, this particular reading. 
And Peter comes to him, he's like, well, you know, how often do I forgive a person if, you know, they've, they've sinned against me and they've come and they've repented and they said, you know what, I, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. You know, I acknowledge I've sinned. Well, what do I do? Do I forgive them, you know, three times like the rabbis would say? And Peter's like, well, maybe I should forgive them seven times. That's super generous. And Jesus addresses it. Peter says, he came to Jesus and said, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Like that's super generous. And Jesus says, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. In other words, what Jesus is saying, and when someone is repentant and forgive that person as often or as much as they need it. In other words, don't keep a record of the wrongs. Jesus reminds us, well, you've been forgiven for, of so much, so you should be forgiving because you've been forgiven so much. And I think about one other situation, again, not just people in my life who've sinned against me or sinned against you, right? But what about people in my life? Do I have a responsibility for people in my life whose lives are spiraling out of control? Well, you know, maybe I should just, you know, mind my own business. And what, is, what does God's word say about that? People whose lives are spiraling out of control. I think of Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. Paul writes, he says, brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by sin, by some sin, you who are godly, in other words, you who are pursuing Jesus Christ, who are being led and walking by the Spirit, you should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And some of us, we, you know, we don't care enough or we're not concerned enough to um, share other people's burdens by when we see their lives spiraling out of control, we're unwilling to say things. And that's, that's unbiblical. We have to be wise and discerning and know when to and when not to. Um, I, I, I don't know if I already shared this with the story, but, you know, did I share this a couple years ago? I, knew a, I had a person I knew was a Christ follower, and I was a Christ follower. This other person was a Christ follower, and I happened to walk into a restaurant once, and this person was not an intimate friend of mine, but we were more than acquaintances. I knew about his family. He knew about my family. And I happened to walk into a restaurant, and this person was having lunch with a, uh, with a female. And I, we didn't talk, but just from observation, it was clear to me that there was more than lunch was going on. The nonverbals, it was flirtatious, and it was over the line, and it was not above reproach and um, I'm like Lord what do I do with this this person doesn't belong to our church this person's not a part of North Point and I thought about this and I thought about the consequences of this person's life spiraling out of control so I don't remember exactly this is like five years six years ago or whatever but I can't remember if I called them or if I emailed them or if we had coffee I can't remember exactly but somehow I communicate with this person and said, hey, I observe this. And I just want to warn you of where I see your life going and the inappropriateness of this relationship. And I can't remember exactly. He called me later on or whatever. But there was a definite shift that happened. And the person backed away from what would have more than likely been, um, more than likely been an affair. And was able to back away and find healing and reconcilia reconciliation in his relationship with his spouse. 
But I could have easily said, you know what? That's none of my business. This person doesn't attend my church. I know him. But what would have been the consequences of that? And how often do we use a, a passage, you know, like Chris talked about a couple weeks ago, Matthew chapter 7, about not judging. And we use that as an excuse to not get involved in somebody else's life because we see them being irresponsible. But God commands us and gives us the privilege and the opportunity to be wise and discerning. And it doesn't matter, just so you all know, right? We're not talking about just, a, you know, if you're you know, above 18. We're talking about if you're a teenager and you see a friend of yours making ungodly, unwise choices and their life headed in the, right, in the wrong direction. And we have a responsibility to go to that person with discernment, with wisdom, say, God, when's the right time and what's the right way? Will you help me to go in love and humility to this person? And I guess I would encourage you this morning, the, the last slide is, don't neglect your responsibility to do something or to say something. We all probably have persons in our lives where we see them making the wrong choices. And man, I don't know because it's not really wasn't, I don't feel like it's my responsibility years later to go to this person and say, hey, aren't you glad that I was, you know, that I said something to you? But I'm sure, right? We all probably wished that we have people in our life when we are making bad choices and bad decisions that somebody, somebody would have had the courage and the compassion and the love when you are making a bad choice to reach into your life and just to encourage you in the right way, right? Because that could be any of us at any point in time. I mean, it happened to me. I told an inappropriate joke. And this guy who goes to our church was gracious and kind enough to call me, say, hey, pastor, you said something that was inappropriate. It was hard. I felt this big. I'm so thankful that the person cared enough about me and our relationship that they were willing to do that. The question is, are you going to be willing to do that for somebody else? Has someone done it for you? Are you going to be willing to do that for somebody else? When someone sins against you, are you going to treat them like the world treats them? Or are you going to follow the biblical guidelines in Matthew 18 and be willing to go to that person to point out that sin and not let your heart be filled with bitterness and anger and spite and wanting exact revenge on that person? Okay. So I got for you this morning. Let me pray for us this morning. Jesus, thank you again. Uh, so much for my friends that are here. Lord, I pray for those that are here this morning um, and those listening, watching online. Um, when someone has gone to you and now you're reflecting a little bit this morning and you know that someone has come to you in the past out of love and concern and you didn't receive it very well. Father, I, I know there are people that are listening this morning who found themselves in that situation. God, may our hearts be softened this morning to what you were trying to do and to speak into our lives. And if there are relationships that have been broken because of that, 
Lord, we pray and ask that you'd bring healing and restoration um, in past relationships where we have not received things very well and someone was just trying to be loving. They may not have done it the best way, but Lord, we're recognizing this morning maybe their intentions. Father, pray for those who are here this morning whose hearts are hurting because they've been sinned against. Or may we not respond the way the world does. Help us have the courage and to care enough to go to people who have sinned against us. Lord, help us to do that with love and gentleness and humility. The way that you would do it, Jesus. Help us to be forgiving of other people who have sinned against us. Help us to be forgiving, Jesus, because you have forgiven us for so mu- of so much and you continue to do. And Lord, again, finally, help us, Lord, give us the courage and the wisdom to be discerning, to go to people, other Christ followers who are throwing their lives away by making really selfish decisions, choices, and they're not pursuing you. You know, help us to care. Help us to share the burden of somebody else. Not just to go and to confront, but then to walk with that person during this season of their life, Jesus. I believe Jesus, that you're speaking right now all across this room and those who are watching online, you're putting people on our hearts and minds who you're giving us the privilege to go to. So help us to do that, Jesus.